This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey Dude Shoes. Light, comfy, good to go to. And welcome again to Cottage Talk. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Emilio Donnell, Claire Parrish, and Fulham legends Rob Wilson and Gordon Davis. This is our season review, Fulham's championship season. We're going to go through it. We're going to share our thoughts on some of the matches of the season and talk about where we put this season of Fulham into perspective against Fulham's history. Where does it fall? And we're going to talk about that. We're going to focus this episode just on the season, we'll focus on next season on future episodes. But I just wanted to have this episode just to be fun and just talk about the season and enjoy. So this is going to be an hour that we're just going to enjoy talking full. So before I go on any further, I just want to welcome everyone to the show. First, Mr. Danella, the Foam Shadow. How are you doing? Yeah, hello there. Hello, everybody. Gordon, Rob, Claire. Hi, Russ. Um, yeah, well, it's nice that we can do a show we can celebrate like gordon said off air that we don't have to worry about nope. playoff matches and who we're going to play in the playoff final potentially we can just relax enjoy you know talk about the great season we've had you know a record-breaking season it was how many records did we break last season but uh so yeah we've got a lot of good things to talk about and i'll certainly be more positive than i was two years ago when we did the show straight after the brentford victory at wembley when i was already worried about the following season if you i know you were being uh, really Angry Emilio after yeah, we won. I was. I was. You know, we struggled through the play, you know, through that season. And then, yeah, we beat Brentford on a one-off game. But, you know, I was worried that's that the following right. season, you know. So, but more relaxed this time around. So, yeah, we can talk about that in the show. Well, that's great. Claire, welcome back. It's great to have you back on the show. We did a show, you and I, last week. Are you looking forward to doing this with Emilio, Gordon, and Rob? This should be fun. I am looking forward to it. I'm just going to po- apologize in advance because my dog might shout at me soon because it's dinner time for her. So I'm apologizing in advance if you hear yapping. It's not me yapping. Okay, it's- not you. <laughs> okay, great. Rob, how are you doing? It's been a while. I look forward to talking to you about foam season. And, uh, you know, it's it's been a, a fantastic season, Rob. I hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, good evening, all. Yeah, um, yeah, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I've actually seen, I've counted up my games home and away the other day. So I actually saw 37 games this season live. So me and my son and my family, most games, a lot of the games up in the north are easy to get to. Obviously, the home games is, is, is an away game for, for us. But yeah, it's been it's been a very, very enjoyable season watching us, you know, on the eye. There's been some disappointments, you know, towards the end. I thought we just limped over the line a bit after getting you know getting promotion you know we should have wrapped that title up a little bit earlier but i was there the night we beat luton seven it was uh 
sorry, be enjoyable to go out on a on a positive way. Okay, excellent, Rob. Gordon, welcome back. It's as Rob. It's been a while, and uh, I look forward to getting your thoughts. I'm sure you enjoyed this season. Uh, yes. Good evening, everyone. It's just nice to be back. As uh, Emilio mentioned, we we haven't got to worry about anything now. We can have a look back on a fantastic season. Even though Rob mentioned there were a few uh, downers, a few hiccups on the way, um, and it, it could have been a lot easier for us towards the end of the season. And um, I was always hoping that we could wrap promotion up with five or six games to go, but we actually could have wrapped the title up with five or six games to go, or even six or seven games to go. So, yeah, a little bit of disappointment, which does seem strange to be saying after winning the championship, getting over 90 points, scoring over 100 goals. Uh, yet you, I still find something to pick up on that uh, we could do better. Okay, excellent stuff. All right. Claire and I did our three up and three down last week, so we're not going to mention ours. But I want to go to the three of you and get your three matches of the season. We'll start there. You can go in succession if you like. And then after we've done our three up, we're going to do our three down, the three worst matches of the season. So we, we got to have a little balance here. So, Rob, I'll go to you first. You can go in any order, you know, one, two to three. Actually, go, go three, two, one. Your three matches of the season. Uh, well, I think I think the first one was Huddersfield, the first away game. Uh, you know, obviously, fairly fairly local game for me and, and lots of my friends and, and some of my family are actually Huddersfield fans. So, you know, to go there and, and win as convincingly as we did um, uh, at the beginning of the season. Blackburn away again, it was a, you know, I was there for that game. That was a... You know, the, one of the seven, seven, seven goal wonders that we endured throughout the season. I think that was a phenomenal performance. Um, and there's no, there's no taking away the Luton. The, the, yeah. the dream on the top was uh, number one by far. We were breathtaking that night to put a team like Luton, who, you know, were, were, were going very well. And even last night showed uh, how well they'd done and uh, definitely punching above their weight, but we made them look also runs. And in that second half, I wouldn't have wanted to be a Luton player trying to retrieve that ball back from us because we look, they looked like they had one or two less men because we were popping it off so nicely. But um, so, yeah, I would have said, I mean, they're all fairly substantial goal games, but um, yeah, they're, 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 you know, uh, without looking in too much detail, they'd be my three to come to mind. Okay. Very good. Gordon, over to you. How about your three matches of the season? Um, well, I'll start with the. Uh, I go along with uh, with Rob uh, saying about the, the Huddersfield game because um, it was a, a performance that probably we didn't see coming after the Middlesbrough draw at home. Um, but my my first uh, uh, game, uh, another away game, uh, would be Birmingham City because it's it's a horrible place to go to um the the support Gordon really... I mentioned this match as my number three yeah right yeah um, and, and it's a horrible place to go to the, the the crowd really get at you and uh they are one of the probably worst crowds to play in front of when you're you're the away team but to come away winning four one uh and again it seemed a, a pretty easy uh, win. On, on the day we scored some uh, cracking goals. Um, I, I picked that as, as one of them. Uh, Rob has mentioned uh, the other two uh, would be Blackburn Rovers away because w when you're trying to predict games um, and you're thinking Blackburn are one of the decent teams and you, you fancy them to be up there, um, and yes, they had a man sent off, but to score seven goals in any game, whether you get one or two men sent off, it is just a phenomenal uh, uh, thing to do, especially away from home. And yeah, I, I'll, I'll go with Rob on the last one. Uh, we were limping over the line until that Luton game. Yeah. Again, I was expecting a, a really tough game because Luton were playing well at the time and uh, they were causing other teams at the top problems. Mm -hmm. But again, uh, to, to come away and score seven goals, seven goals at home in front of you, your home crowd to win the championship, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, that has got to be the, the best way to celebrate winning a championship. So those would be my three. That's fantastic. These are great matches. And as I mentioned, Gordon, 
I did mention the Birmingham City match before I go over to Emilio because I thought that was the match, Gordon, that showed me that this is a different Fulham team. To go there, like you said, against against a team like that, those supporters, I thought that was actually an early turning point where we, where I said to myself, this is a different team. Yeah, it's it, it, there's got to be certain games where you don't fancy us or you fancy us to struggle, and then we... Uh, we just wipe the carpet with 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 teams throughout the season. Yes, we have let ourselves down on the odd occasion, but I think if you, I, I know it's a it's a celebration tonight. But when you think that we, I believe we only lost four games out of the first twenty four yeah. in, in the league, um, and that's a, a, a phenomenal start uh, to a season. But as I think I mentioned on one of our early programs. People were questioning um, Alexandra Mitrovic's uh, attitude after the Middlesbrough game, <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, mm. saying that we should get rid of him if we can get money for him, get rid of him mm. um, after after one game. And uh, we've got a new a new manager, a new way of playing, yeah. uh, new new members in the team, and yet we still have people having to go with us after one game of the season. And I, I was looking, mm. I was looking forward to uh, other people. Uh, making quotations throughout the season, uh, mm-hmm. but I but I did come off Facebook, so I haven't seen many uh, that after the first five or six, seven, eight, nine, ten games, we're having a go at the manager, the players, mm-hmm. or, or anything because we just took everybody by storm this season. Mm-hmm. That's right. They actually took control of the season. They could mm-hmm. control the narrative of Fulham by mm-hmm. the way they played. Mm-hmm. Yes, they went to the uh, finish line as we're talking about, but overall, they basically mm-hmm. they took care of their own destiny and they took care of that Luton town match was, which was the match that, that really just solidified everything. But Emilio over to you, give me your three matches of the season. Yes. I'm going to slightly, I'm going to see choose the games I've been to. So again, you could have, you know, some, there was a lot of seven nil wins as you, as you can, you know, as we saw last season, but you know, there's a bit of rivalry with Reading. So if I had, if I was looking at more holistic, it's games I didn't even go to Reading away just because of the history Nobody likes Reading, and we we played awfully against them <laughs> in the beginning of the season. So, quite smiling, so she probably agrees. Three, just because of the rivalry. But if I focus just on the games I've been to, I think the seven nil against Luton by far. I think it was all the all the goals. They're all top draw, quality goals. They weren't captains. Yep. They weren't like six yard. They're all quality build up goals. Like like Rob says, we were yep. ruthless, dominant, and you know, creme de la creme. We, you know, we did it in front of our home fans. For me, that was. You know that was a, that was our best performance of the season, and to do it at home and claiming the championship was fantastic. So that was my number one. I'm going to go back early in the season and look at the West Brom game. I thought the West Brom game was a very important. That was a top of the table clash, if I recall. If you remember the time West Brom were up top, when they when they top two, or top three with us at the time. We were all talking about West right. Brom being a top two, one of the teams we need to be worried about. And we thumped them three 0 at home. Mitrovic got a hat-trick. It was a Saturday lunchtime. And I think that was a defining moment in our season around October time when that was expected to be a tough game. And we we dominated that game. And so for me, I think that West Brom game, technically and from a tactical perspective, I think we, you know, that, that was an important result for us. And I, and I think the Bristol City game as well, for excitement, pure joy, going down behind twice and score, was it 4-1, 4-2 at halftime, something ridiculous at home. And again, against a Bristol City team that we normally traditionally struggle in each season. But Again, the flair, we could have scored eight, nine or ten that game. So right. those are the three big games. I'm talking about the games that I've been to. There's a Luton at home, Bristol City at home. And that important tactical game against West Brom over in the season when Mitrovic scored a hat-trick and we we thrashed you know, one of our uh, you know, teams that were one of our rivals at the time. Okay, excellent stuff. All right, guys, we're going to flip it. We won't spend too much time, but we're going to be doing this on Cottage Talk moving forward, three up and three down. It won't be specific matches of the season it could be players it could be moments in the match we're going to do three up and three down so gordon i'm going to go over to you and i want to get your three worst matches of the season and again there aren't that many of them but there are ones that i guess you could say we were disappointing i know for me i already mentioned this the two coventry city matches for me were horrific and you know, I mean, that's and then I go to the Bournemouth away draw just because I I wanted Fulham to beat Bournemouth there. I, I again, I really wanted that to happen. It didn't happen. So for you, what were the three worst matches of the season? 
Well, you, you've you've actually sort of mentioned them because I, I would go I'd I'd go along with the the game at Coventry and yep. the home game against Coventry um, because on both occasions I think they were the better team, albeit yep. albeit the non penalty that they had oh. um, uh, when when the game was at Coventry uh, yep. turned the game because I think. It really affected the way that the, the players were thinking that day. Um, there was no way it was ever a, a penalty, and uh, how even if the if the referee missed it, how the linesman missed it, I just haven't got a clue because he was on that side of the pitch. So, um, and, and it was it was a concern as, as well because that decision seemed to affect uh, us mentally. Oh, absolutely! And I, and I then started worrying about. Uh, have we got the, the the mental attitude to come away after that game uh, and and start picking up points again? Um, so so that was a, a a tough one to to take because uh, we we'd been doing well up until that game and suddenly uh, a four one defeat comes out of nowhere. Um, right. the, the the home game again they were the better team on the day they worked. Uh, tremendously hard in pressurising us high up the pitch, which we are going to find a lot next season. Right, um, and um, uh, they they took their chances when they when they came along, and and it was and the final game was it, it was a bit of a a double edged sword. Was it going to be Derby away or was mm. it going to be the one that you mentioned, Bournemouth? Um, yeah. and although it would have been great to have won uh, the championship at Bournemouth. Obvious, for certain reasons, obviously, um, it was set up nicely for those of us uh, who remember forty years ago on the baseball ground oh. to w- not only win the championship but to send Derby down. So <laughs> th- those two games, you, you, it, it's difficult to split the Derby and the yep. Bournemouth games. But I'm, I'm going to go for the Derby game only okay. because it's still hurting me from forty years ago. I'm glad that you mentioned that, and I'm now going to go to Rob. And Rob, I wanted them to win that Derby County match for you guys. I, I totally did. So I understand why Gordon is mentioning it. So I'm curious your three worst matches of the season, and I have a feeling Derby County might be in there. Yeah, it was one of the games I actually didn't get to it because it was a Good Friday, and obviously uh, we were just finishing. Well, part of a team that were just finishing a charity walk from London to Yorkshire. So, but yeah, that's number one on my list that <laughs> night. I watched it in the pub with loads of friends and family, and yeah, for all all that we've just talked about, it would yep. have been lovely to um, have clinched the championship and send them down at the same time. I'm like you, Russ. I mean, Bournemouth was 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 a gutting for me. I were there. Yep. I were there in 98th minute, you know, for us to concede like we did when we had the ball in the corner for three or four minutes before, and, and then a silly tackle uh, it causes a, yep. a penalty, and 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 the Coventry away in the pouring down rain got absolutely drenched getting to and from <laughs> the ground. But still sits with me as probably the second out of them three games. So yeah, Derby, Derby, Coventry, and Bournemouth from. And all three of them were, you know, for different reasons, uh, would be on the list, as you say. Not many times this season we've let ourselves down, or the or the team has let us uh, let us down as support. No, definitely not, Rob. And like I said, you know, it's funny when I was watching the Derby County match, and I've watched back the highlights. I recently watched it back again, and I literally, when I when I see what happened to you, I I, I get actually angry, you know. And again, I wasn't. A full support of them, but I cannot believe that that happened to you, Rob. I'm still shocked that that actually yeah, happened yeah. to you. Yeah, just uh, that incident and the, and the incident probably for the last ten or twelve minutes. We, yeah, you know, the, the whole thing. The intimidation we were playing under was, you know, was, you know, and I know supporters and family and friends, and, and no doubt, um, you know, whether Emilio or Claire were there, that that you know there was some horrible scenes in and around. Mm-hmm. The ground for our supporters and some of my family endured leaving the ground, getting <clears> to the ground. So, yeah, it's a team obviously that um, it's not top of my list, and mm-hmm. try not to take too much vendettas against them and getting too much too many social media spats with Derby fans. But um, yeah, I'd have, I'd have loved to have clinched it that night for yep. for them reasons. But um, hey, oh, you know they they were they've done you know in the grand scheme of things, Derby did remarkably well to to make a fist mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Really done a fantastic job, so I he wouldn't take that. I wouldn't hold that against them because you know 
Uh, it, it was unfortunate the way they got themselves in that situation mm -hmm. for people at the top, but right. they did make a good fist of it. But yeah, it would have been nice to clinch it for, for, our, mm -hmm. for personal reasons. Yeah, I certainly understand that. Over to you, Emilio. Your three worst yeah. matches of the season. Yeah, and for me, I'm going to associate it when I get angry. So I'm normally quite a calm person. As people know me, I'm very calm. I, with the job that I do, I have to bite my tongue so often. I just stay very calm. <laughs> Gordon's very, laughing, by the way. Not in, <laughs> I don't get angry very often, but if I associate myself with when I got angry throughout the season, I think it was, I'm going to package up both Coventry games. But the Coventry game at home, I was really effing and blinding. I just had no, just the way, the manner of the performance, the sloppiness, that really, really frustrated me. I was, you know, I was saying, I know the championship and the promotion was pretty much wrapped up, but that performance wasn't good enough. And that, that was probably my most infuriating match. Dismal throughout, we could have lost by more. But again, we just struggled twice against Coventry. So that was my worst performance of the season. I think the Derby won again. I think the fact that I was angry, I didn't go there, but watching it on TV and the way we just fell apart, you know, again, yeah. I think you mentioned at the beginning of the show, Rob, did we start to lose our bottle? And you know, as we started to see the finishing line and that really disappointed me. Going a goal, we'll talk about maybe struggling to, to overcome a one goal deficit and find a way to win. The fact that we conceded two second half goals and it could be more at the end of the day against a Derby team all but down. And, you know, we, 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 we embarrassed ourselves at second half. So again, that really frustrated me. And, and then the third one, I'm going to go back to early in the season. I know we have our ups and downs. We went through sort of after that, I was about four or five winning match run, um, Huddersfield and those other games. We then played Blackpool away, weren't particularly good. First defeat right. of the season, fair enough. It was a Reading game at home. How the hell did we lose against a team as crap as Reading? God, excuse my French, that performance. Again, <laughs> there was a few wobbles, you know, then at the there time. Were. A few, you know, Blackpool away, then we lost at home to. Reading, I think a fortnight later, we lost away to Coventry. So we lost that consistency. I know we, we went through that excellent unbeaten run, but I think that Reading performance at home was dismal against right. an absolutely appalling team. You know, they're, they're worse than Derby, to be honest, and they managed to find a way of surviving. So those, for me, were the three worst games I've seen. And each of them I recall being extremely angry and effing <laughs> and blinding on the terrace. <laughs> so. Okay, great stuff. Good comments from the two of you. But you know what? I have to get Claire back involved. Claire, as uh, you know, and again, Claire, you and you and I did our three up and three down, and uh, you know that was great. But now I, I want to take us to a, another subject. Okay, so the subject is going to be where does this rank in Fulham's history? So if you just want to just talk about where it ranks for you in your time being a Fulham supporter, please uh, please do. But again. Uh, where do you think where do you think that this season ranks in Fulham's history? I'll go get your thoughts first, Claire. Um I mean, if you're talking personally to me, this yep. for me obviously is um the most important season we've had. It was my last one with my dad. Yeah. Um so for me, I think for so many reasons, for me, this one. Um, and I'll let you guys talk about the football stuff. I'll just, you know, talk a minute about, yeah. you know, just what I've experienced because I can't say it enough. But um, our football club is incredible and how they've been so loving and supportive and kind. Um, you you just you just couldn't even imagine that a football club could be and i tweeted earlier about um our kindness and openness with not just with the fans but with the club because we'd won that um family award hadn't yes. we i think 62 or 63 clubs had won which is amazing because that's right. what we need to do isn't it bring bring the next generation into football and and hopefully more more females in into football as well <laughs> Um, sorry, my dog's just decided to go bananas. But um, yeah, from a personal point of view, yeah. you know, just seeing the... Let me just let her out. Sorry. That's okay. It's a nightmare, this one. <laughs> She's louder and yappier than I am. That's okay. That's okay, Claire. And uh, I'm glad that Claire was able to really express, guys, mm. how important this was for her and her family and... It ranks obviously number one for you because it's personal, Claire. And listen, I spoke to your father once on Cottage Talk. I, I know how important he is. And uh, I told you, you know, you and I have talked about off air that 
he's looking down and um, they want it for him. They want it for so many people. And, uh, you know, I know he was seeing from above. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, my dad was such a kind and giving man. He'd give his time and mm. his energy to anyone. And, and Fulham Football Club have done the same to us. You know, they really have. Um, they've just been wonderful, absolutely wonderful. So, you know, for, for all the most horrible reasons in the world, but all the most beautiful reasons in the world as well, for me, this is always going to be, you know, my my best and worst season. Mm. Right. And Claire, just to reiterate, and I know we did three up and three down, my match of the season was the Millwall match at mm-hmm. home because I've, Never seen so much love to mm. you and your daughter like I saw that night from the mm. Fulham supporters, the players, Marco Silva, Boa. That, to me, is the match of the season for me, personally. So I understand why this is your season of all seasons for Fulham in their history. I, and, it, you know, and again, I certainly understand it. And, and it makes sense to me, Claire. I certainly mm. understand that. And, and, uh, and thank you so much for sharing that with us. Yeah. Okay. Being and there in that Millwall game as well. Obviously, I was I was there, and you know, just the, the, yep. the, the tears, the emotion, the joy, the it just had everything. The fact that you know, after all the players going there to hug us, yourself, Claire, and the family, just it's you know, there wasn't how many tears were shed that night is incredible. And which other football club would do that? No other football club I know will have that level of emotion, right. love. It just it was a, it was something I agree with you, Russ. In terms of emotion, that Millwall game was incredible. We didn't we played didn't play the best, and we won Cosby three 0 But no one expected. It's what it meant, Emilio. No, it wasn't about the football that day. Nothing about it the football. wasn't about the football. It's what no. it meant to so many yeah. people. And like I said, when I saw you, Claire, mm-hmm. and your daughter, and again, Emilio mm-hmm. shared with me his uh, video of it. But when we saw another view of it and I saw the players coming up to you and all, and I really saw it, mm-hmm. it it's just simply amazing. And you have explained on the last episode mm-hmm. exactly how that all played mm-hmm. out. And it's just, that stands by itself mm-hmm. for me, the match of the season. So I just wanted to go back and just say that to you, Claire. And, uh, and uh, thank you again for just sharing everything mm-hmm. with us. And, and we're here for you, Claire, just so you know, we're all here for you. Thank you. Well, I had a lovely hug from Emilio the other day, didn't I? On the train. Sheffield, yeah, in Sheffield. Yeah, it was was good to see you there. You know, well, it was Doncaster, was it? Doncaster Station. We had to change trains. uh, Sugar sandwiches, right, Claire? Sugar sandwiches, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. All right, great stuff. Emilio, over to you. Where does this season rank in Fulham's history? Then I'll go to our Fulham legends. Yeah, interesting question. Um, you know, the ones, obviously the seasons that spring to mind in terms of my, you know, what, 42 years sporting the club, I think the Tigana era clearly, I think, I think surpasses this season. I think, I think we were more consistent that season. You know, we sort of this season, were especially the last two, three months, we're a little bit more inconsistent up and down, you know, defensively not as secure. I just think that Tigana era, we got more points on the board. I think I agree right. with Gordon. You know, I'm disappointed we only had 90 points on the board. I thought with the the dominance that we had in so many games, we should have had closer to 100 points, in my opinion. Yeah, okay, championship is a championship. We've always got something to complain about, but I agree with Gordon. Maybe we, sh- we should have just had two or three more wins on the board, and yep. that would have made it more of a complete season, which is why I think the Tigana era, for those who were lucky enough to witness that, I think was at times equally breathtaking football. We were more secure as a unit and less erratic. I think we are more consistent overall. So that, for me, ranks up there. And then, yeah, I think you've got to look at the Europa League season as well. Again, we didn't win anything that year, but we were a Premier League team, an established Premier League team, got to a major European final, beat some big teams. I don't think we talk enough Premier. about that season, Emilio. Yeah, for me, again, this is second tier, breathtaking football, lots of goals, lots of records we've broken, but we're still second tier. That's why that pre- that season, we're in the Premier League, you know, you know, Europa League final, beating Juventus, played Roma, all those other Shakhtar Donetsk, all those games. I think... For me, I'll probably say the Tigana one was my most prestigious season because it was pure football and we were more consistent. The Europa League season, I think, comes second. And this one comes third, to be honest, in terms of pure quality. And okay. even when the guys were playing, you know, 30, you know, 35, 40 years ago, we had some, that 80 23 season. It was disappointing at the end how it finished. But again, the sheer passion, determination, the yep. quality of the squad then. And again, 
that will never be forgotten either. I'll never forget right. that season. And I'm know? glad that you're mentioning that. You know, it's, it's I have so many memories of that season. And, you know, again, we just didn't find enough. Maybe lacked a bit of depth and just lacked, maybe lacked a bit of ball just, just to get over that finishing line. And, <laughs> and I felt the same could have happened this season. Again, like Gordon said, we just we should have had more points on the ball. But over us, why I don't think it's top up there. I think it's, it's for me, it's probably the third best season of my years supporting the club. Okay. Gordon, I'm now going to go over to you and share with me your thoughts where this season ranks among the many great form seasons in history. Well, I'm going uh, probably along with um, Emilio in much that he said because the Tigana team, um, I, I think defensively they were a better unit. And I think uh, that aided us in the uh, the following year uh, in the Premier League. I, I certainly would put um, this season in um, in third place. The Tigana season, where they where they went up um, with 100 points, 100 goals uh, in second, um, and uh, obviously I, I am totally biased. Yeah. But I go back 40 years, and our promotion from the third to the second, I'll put that first. Only be, okay. only because um, the the following season again could have been such uh, a, a, well an unbelievable following year to get two promotions on the run with such a small squad of players. And it just needed that little bit of investment, which obviously the club has nowadays, yeah. uh, which which uh, we only need to buy one, maybe two players. And uh, we could have got across the line that second season. So, uh, yeah, I, I know I'm going to get slaughtered for it. But, yeah, our season, Rob and mine, okay. is is definitely... Uh, uh, the, the top of the list because uh, it's much better winning and getting promotion when you're playing than when you're sitting in the stand and watching, even though it was exciting this year. Okay, excellent. Rob, I'm now going to go to you and yeah, give give me your thoughts on this. And uh, do you agree with your teammate as that as being the, uh, the greatest form season in history? And where does this season rank? Well, tomorrow is the 40th anniversary, the 18th of May tomorrow, the Lincoln game. I think the club are, are releasing a video at some point. Uh, That's great. I did, I did an interview with, and I'm sure Gordon has, and Malcolm has, and lots of the ex-legends. I'm sure there'll be something coming out in the, in the next day or so. But, uh, yeah, from a, from a player's point of view, yeah, that has to be up there in my top three. Yeah. Um, from a supporter, which I have been for the last sort of, 35, 40 odd years. I mean, I would agree. It's a kind of season, and I only saw probably about 15 or 20 games that season. You know, that were breathtaking football. Uh, and as Gordon mentioned, a much uh, defensive type unit that were more solid than we have been over the last few years, and, and more importantly, the odd occasion this season. Um, so, yeah, to go on the football was, was very good. And as you say, to get 100 goals and 100 points, which I think if I'm disappointed that we didn't reach that this year, you know, we, we yep. were on for a hundred goals, a uh, hundred points. We got the hundred goals and I think we could have probably kicked on and got, got a few more. I think, as I say, we limped over the line them last four or five games. And, and, and I'll, I'll agree with Emilio. I mean, the Europa season, I watched lots of games traveling down on a Thursday from Yorkshire and all them superb night. I was there for the Juventus night. I went abroad and watched loads of different games, never went to the final unfortunately, because my daughter were getting married and it was the time of the ash cloud and she didn't want me getting stuck somewhere so I wouldn't be back for the wedding. So she wouldn't let me go. So I had to watch it on telly. So, yeah, I would say Tigana uh, would be second. I'd be going along with Gordon from a personal point of view. I'd, I'd put 40 years Lincoln game as that season as, as my my top as a player and as a supporter. Tigana second and 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 following Roy and Ray around the, the world uh, of the Europa, Europa season, as well as you know, sustaining mid-table in 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 the Premiership with all them games that we played. Okay, excellent. Thank you so much for that, Rob. I'm going to go right back to you. We're going to do a combo here, uh, just for time's sake, because I have some other interesting topics. Player of the season, I'm assuming is going to be Mitro. Okay, so I'm going to go to you. If it's Mitro, feel free to say Mitro. But I'm going to ask you this: Who would then be your honorable mention? For player this season, who would come in second if it's not, if it's going to be Mitro? So give me your player of the season and honorable mention. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, you don't score 43 goals and not get <laughs> the recognition of being a player of the season. But, I mean, there's lots lots to go, and Gordon will, will echo this. There's lots. I mean, if he could have scored 50 or 63, but the chances that were made by many of the players, and then there's been some silent players there this season that, you know, that, that have, like Cabano's come from out of the out of the out of nowhere. Tim Reen's been absolutely immense this season. Played every single minute of every game. And me, I would have said at the beginning of the season, I wouldn't have had him in my side because I thought he was past it. Um, and I'll hold my hands up and apologise to him personally if I ever saw him and say, yeah, I would have been wrong to sort of sort of categorise him that he wouldn't have been good enough for this division. He's proved us all wrong. I'm not so sure. I'm really glad he's got another year's extension, but. If we're honest, I don't think he'll be a regular next season, but he'll be in the background as a team player. So him and Cabado have come from nowhere. But the, the player that I've loved this year, and I'm disappointed he's leaving, is, is young Cavallio. Oh. I think he's an absolutely gem of a player. And yeah. I'm so disappointed he's you know he's going to, to Liverpool and not loaning us loan well, we can't loan him back because of the, the way it's the way the deal's been done. But you know, he that player has got so much talent. You know, I mean I know Harvey Elliott had talent, but this kid is, is, is different is, level. Is, is five times better than him, ten times better than him, and he's got he just just got something about him. His aura, his his body language is. I know a little bit about him off the pitch as well. He's a level-headed yep. kid from a decent family, and you know that you know the kid the kid is he's got so much, and you know for eighteen he, he's just going to go on to better things. I just hope he gets. You know he ain't going to get regular football at, at, at Liverpool, but you know he's going to get the education and in another few years' time, he's going to be some player by the time he's 2021. 20, so, yeah, I think he, he's, he's definitely needed some some high plaudits from... You I know, agree. He, he, you know, a lot of Mitro's goals would have been somewhere along the line. Young Cart, Cavalier would have been involved somewhere along the line in one of the passes or one of the crosses. Um, so, yeah, I think, I, I think he deserves, you know, the top recognition. I would say he's a young player of the year and, and obviously mm-hmm. Mitro is a player's player of the year and and as, as, I, as I alluded to earlier, I think there's a special mention to the two lads that have come from nowhere and disregarded by previous manager, Cabano and, and Reem, were absolutely outstanding. Well, wow, th- those are great shots there. Rob, really enjoyed your analysis there. Claire, I'll go to you now. So, again, obviously we're going to look at Mitro as player of the season, but what are your mm-hmm. thoughts about honorable mention for player of the season? Um, my dog has just started yapping just this second. <laughs> Honestly, you couldn't make it up. Um, for me, it's our man, the ginger Iniesta. Oh. Harrison Reed, for me, okay. he did everything but score a goal this season. I thought he was absolutely fantastic for us. I think his work rate is is fantastic. It's incredible. Um <laughs> He digs in, love him, love everything about him. And he's a really nice guy as well, off the pitch as well, yes. bless him. He, he spoke to, on the phone to me and my mum after dad passed away, which, again, you don't hear this from players, you know, and you don't right. expect it. And and he wasn't made to do it. He just, he grabbed the phone off Carmelo because he knew Carmelo was chatting to us. And, um, and um, yeah, he spoke to me and my mum and he That's was... A- he was so Wonderful. lovely. But to me, I think I was rooting for him all season to score. I really was. All I wanted him to do was score. I thought he had a beautiful season. For me, yep. he was, and not just because of his red hair, but he was the cherry on the top for this season for me. Okay, excellent stuff. Emilio, over to you. Who was uh, your player this season? It's probably going to be me throwing. Who would be mm-hmm. honorable mention here? Yeah, and I think I agree with what Rob said. As some of the players who have, you know, didn't get a look in with former former manager, add Seri on there. I think up, up till around February time, when it was when the African Nations um, tournament, Seri was outstanding. You know, let's be honest. I think you know, remember doing the Huddersfield show, and I said, look, he's in, he's, he's under contract. We've got a gap in that midfield. Play him. And Marcus Silva played him against Huddersfield and never looked back. I thought he up to around February time was outstanding, you know. So yeah, definitely a mention for him because he he silenced a lot of our critics as well. And the fact that all our fans were chanting Seri in every single game is a is a far cry from what happened two years ago when no, everyone wanted him out of the club. So massive call out for for me for Seri. 
Um, to me, I'm going to give it to again. Cavalier had played well throughout the season. I think he had his ups and downs, Rob. I think I think he had bags of potential. He would do very very well in his future. You know, he was a bit. I'd like him to see a little bit more consistency, especially around the middle of the season, around Christmas time, Christmas, January, February. He was a little bit in and out of games when there was all that speculation. They wouldn't sign a contract. Liverpool tapping him up. I didn't see him quite as prominent on a, on a consistent basis. But if, although we did see a lot of quality throughout, you know, you know, in, in many games. Um, for me, I think it's Tim Ream. I think to be honest, I think look, I agree. He's not, not a, he's not the best defender in the world by far. He's, he's, he has a good, he's had a good stint at Fulham. His leadership from the back, you know, the way that I, you could see him. I like, I like to see body language on players. I like to see how they react. And when push came to shove, or when there was, you know, problems, and you know, defensively, or Mitro were getting a little bit angry, you saw Tim Rima acting as a captain and showing leadership there, coaching some of the younger players. The fact he played the whole season, ninety minutes every single game. How many headbands did he have to wear throughout the season? How many bloody, how many injuries did he have? And kept fighting and fighting and. That's somebody who wants to be at the club. And I agree. Let's, you know, he may not play next season. You know, might be a good squad player, but the importance of him in the dressing room is going to be fundamental. Having him there, just giving a bit of boost morale when the chips are down. And, you know, for me, I think it's got to be Harrison. Um, sorry, it's got to be Tim Ream for me. Um, okay. Okay. Excellent stuff. All right, guys. Let's now talk about the manager. And, Rob, I'll go to you first. I want to get a rating from you for Marco Silva because he really transformed Home Football Club. I think he deserves a lot of credit. From one to ten, what would you give Marco Silva for the season? Well, I think in the grand scheme of things, the way he's come in, you know, in uh, and sort of late into the season, really, when he took over or, or pre-season, um, you'd have to give him an eight or a nine. You know, I can't give him a ten because there's got to be room for improvement with. We've got to see how good he is next year when he's under real, real pressure. And, you know, is he going to play the same sort of football and pressing like Bikanovic tried to do the first season we went up and we continue mm. to, to make the same mistakes? But I think this guy is different gravy. I think he's had experience mm. at, at Everton and Watford and he's a much, uh, he's a much calmer uh, gentleman off the pitch by all accounts. And listening to Tom talk about training and stuff like that, he's, he's completely different than... Than, than Parker and, and Jukanovic gets his ideas across very well. He, he's very demanding. You know, if you don't do the business, you, you're out. You know, we've seen him change teams when we weren't expecting them to be changed. There's, there's no loyalty. And, and we all know there'll be five or six new bodies coming in the summer. And, mm. you know, unfortunately, the guys that have just got us over the line in the last sort of couple of, couple of weeks, some of them probably won't get a look in in the first few games of next season, but they'll be in the background as squad players i.e. I'd imagine Tim and, and, and Cabano may be two of, two of many that will probably struggle to make match day squads each, each week because we're going to have access to, you know, hopefully better quality players than we have done the last sort of four years where we've bought 100, 120 million pounds worth of talent and, and, and it's not worked out for us in, in you know, in probably 70, 80% of the time. So I'm sure he'll have a more, Say so in 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 the in the in the players that will come into the club than the previous two managers had last time round. Well, I'm hoping he does. I mean, Tony Khan's been very quiet this season. Yes, he has. Um, whether it be social media, it's only the well done after a game. Is whether he's had his 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 his, his knuckles wrapped by by Daddy or not? I'm not sure, <laughs> but definitely um, he's definitely kept in the background, but. You know, I'm sure there's behind the scenes, they'll, they'll have their A and B targets in terms of different positions, who we need, you know, what, what key areas do we need to real bolsh up on. And there is lots, there's lots of areas, you know, we can't, mm. we can't get ourselves, you know, this division that it, it, when you go into the premiership is, 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 is forgiving. You know, I mean, we look at the lights of Watford, probably Leeds may even come down in the next week or two. Mm. Everton, you know, it's, it's 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 just you know it's going to be very exciting and I know we're not going to talk about next season we'll do that on another show but you know let's enjoy what's happened but you know we're we're only a week or two after finishing the season but we've got to enjoy what's happened um and and make sure that you know they're all rested in the summer and ready to come back and and we go again because it's 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 just relentless Emilio over to you yeah, I echo everything that Rob said as well. I think for me, I'll, I'll give him the nine. I'm going to obviously, I think, you know, he's restored some confidence into the team, into the club as well, and done the fans. You know, the last three or four seasons, although we've got two promotions, 
there was uncertainty in both those promotions. I think there was always a bit of doubt that we could we could establish ourselves back in the Premier League, especially two years ago. And you know, our dismal performance last season in the Premier League, even when we went down with in the Ranier in your cannabis season. So I think we've all firmly believe we've got more chance of staying up. We've got a, a better manager, more experience. Um, we always said under Silva, we're going to score goals, but we'll probably concede a lot of goals. I think we said that at the beginning of the season, so we'll we'll, we'll be seeing an exciting round of football. It'll be interesting to see how we, how, whether he changes his tactics for next season and whether he, he tightens up in Kiev. So I think it'll be play as expansive as we do this year against many of the Premier League teams. We're probably going to get hammered quite regularly. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he, he changes things tactically next year. But overall, you know, what more do we want? First season as a club, 100, 100 goals, you know, top scorer of the division. It's just, it's so many positives, to be honest. I think, you know, some of the weaknesses there, I'd like to see maybe a little bit more decisive with his substitutions. I think, I think I've called out tactically some of the subs he's made this season, maybe a little bit, you know, you know, scratching my head, you know, as to why have you made certain, certain, so I think we could have made a little bit more positive changes or more effective changes. But other than that, with the players that he had, pretty much the same squad as we had a year ago. Look, look how, how well he got the best out of these players. So overall, breath of fresh air. The fans love him. The players you can see are playing for the team, and that that's also more important, an important factor. And you know, we've got positive positive year ahead of us. If we get those six, five or six signings minimum for next year, then this guy can keep us in the division, and then we can push on like like Villa and some of the other teams have done. And that's what that's what we've got to aspire to. If Brighton can keep themselves in the Premier League for five or six consecutive seasons, why can't we? And we've got a good leader there, a good manager there who. You could tell clearly loves the club, and you know wants the best for the club. So he's he's there for the long haul, in my opinion. If he can get the winning formula next season, okay, excellent. Before I go over to Gordon, Claire, your thoughts. Bad. I completely agree with everything. Um, everything that's been said by by Rob and Emilio. Um, I've got complete faith in Marco mm-hmm. Silva. I've got a really good feeling about next season. Like you both said. Um, he has the respect of the team very, very clearly. And he has the respect of the fans. And, you know, we are a fickle bunch as football fans and it isn't easy to gain that respect or it it may be quite easy to gain it, but it is very easy to lose it. And he has maintained that respect from fans throughout the season. And I think that in itself is quite a special thing. Um, But to me, he's solid. And I think you said it, Emilio, just... um, he is unshakable, isn't he? Mm. he? He's such a cool customer. And I really like that about him. I think, you know, obviously, you know, no one's perfect, like Rob said, and there's always room for improvement, like there is with everyone, you know. Um, and, you know, there, there will be lessons to be learned next season. But I think that's just going to make for him to be an even better manager. Um, but I think he's one one good thing about, what we have with Marco Silva is, is that, um, and I don't want to dwell on the Scott Parker thing too much, but Scott Parker never seemed to learn a lesson. Whereas I think Marco Silva, we have a man who will be like, oh, sharks, mm. that didn't work. Mm. Okay, let's try this, you know, instead of just hammering that plan A all the time. You know, I believe that Marco will have the B, C, D plans in his pocket as well. Um, so yeah, no, I have complete faith. I think we're going to have a fine season next season. And I think, and I hope, should I say that Marco's going to be with us for many, 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 many years. I really hope so. Okay. All right, Claire, very good stuff. Gordon, over to you. She actually led us into my next topic. So <coughs> over to well, you, I've got Gordon. to apologize. To, I've got to apologize to Claire because I got to uh, the Ginger Iniesta, and then my computer shut down. So I've had to come, I've had to come back on my on my mobile. Oh, so, that's uh, okay. That's okay, Gordon. So now Claire kind of set us up for where I wanted to go because she was talking about some of the differences or beliefs she had in Marco Silva compared to Parker. So I'm going to ask you, what are some of the differences that you've noticed between Silva and Parker? This isn't a chance to take a shot at Parker. I just want to just talk about the differences in styles and what we could hopefully see moving forward. So I want to get your thoughts. Well, I think the main thing with uh, with Scott, that he was very fortunate regarding COVID, in my opinion, because uh, the, the style of football that we played in that season, and we were losing games, um, and, and I heard 
uh, Claire talking about plan B, C and D, he kept a plan A when we were losing week in, week out. And if there had been a crowd there, he wouldn't have lasted until Christmas because mm-hmm. the, cr- the crowd would have got him out. Um, and when you're an owner and you hear the chants coming from um, the supporters, then you've got to act on it. Um, otherwise, they'll turn on you. Um, but because there were no supporters there, Scott had a free season um, and he stuck by his principles, which were, let's see if we can get a draw. And if we go one nil down, let's see if we can score a goal to get that draw. Um, whereas uh, when Marco Silva came in, I was very pleased with um, the appointment because I liked the way that he played, even though people had a go at him at Watford or Hull when they got promoted and they still played the same way. Um, uh, and then they weren't getting results. Um, but I think he, he's got a philosophy that the, the players have bought into after two very poor uh, years for attacking football. And with the, the players that have come in, I think that's also uh, given the supporters uh, a lot of hope in what they've seen this year. Um, with regards to what we can hope for next season. Yes, we're not going to get 60-70% possession in a, in a lot of games next season, uh, but we have uh, the ability in the team now to put the ball into dangerous areas where we know um, the main man, Mitro, is going to attack them. When we played under Scott, he effectively was having two or three game uh, chances a game and being marked by two centre-halves. Now you've seen what a good player he actually is uh, in that 18-yard area because I think all of his 43 goals have come in that uh, uh, penalty area. And probably if you look at it or, or look at the numbers, I would have thought that 40% of those he's probably scored in the six-yard box. So we are putting the balls now into dangerous areas where a goal scorer can get on the end of. And if he doesn't get on the end of it, we now have three or four other players that are getting into the box and and not just one player in the box and five or six players outside the box. So I think from an attacking point of view, we will cause teams problems. But uh, as, as we always say, when you get into the Premier League, you've got to start defending properly. And I think that is going to be uh, a, a major point for the, the coaching staff, uh, the sort of people who are looking at to get players in because on a daily basis, we've been linked with players uh, and different players and different clubs and different nationalities. Right. So we are going to see, um, I, I think, quite a few players coming in. But I think uh, this year we will see quality coming in and not just numbers to, to 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 make up a squad that might keep us in the Premier League. I think we are good enough to be in and around where Brentford are, and that's just around halfway, below halfway. Um, and to be perfectly honest with you, I think we will do well next year. Okay, excellent stuff. All right, to finish up the show, I have some bonus topics for everyone, and that's how we'll finish up Cottage Talk. Okay, Rob, here's a bonus topic for you. I I have to get your thoughts on this because this is one thing that actually I've been curious, and you are a midfielder. What is the fascination with moving Harrison Reed further forward in central midfield this season? Now, again, I like what Silva's been doing. This one I never understood. I want to get your view on this. Yeah, I mean, he always reminds me, and Claire touched on him earlier, he reminds me – of what Ray Lou was in our day, the, the, the ginger ball winning, very enthusiastic, passes 10, 15 yards sideways, forwards, backwards, keeps it simple, keeps it ticking over. He reminds me very much of a uh, of, of an old star Ray Lou back in the day. Um, and, he, you know, he's, and, and I agree with Claire, he's been outstanding in his energy yeah. and his, his enthusiasm gets other players at it and going, you know. Um, and, and I think, you know, you need someone like that in the middle of the park. I mean, I know he's only small, but he's not scared to tackle. He 
he puts his foot in his shields the same as Sari. Sari's not as as uh, you know as as tenacious as um, as Harrison is. But you know, he, I, I think in a three, whatever way we play, I think I would like him in there as one of the holding central midfield players. I think he's a holding player rather right. than than an eight or a ten. You know, I mean. You know, you, you don't go a season, we're not scoring. You, you know, if you're going to score, if you're going to stay up, you've got to score goals. And if you're one of the midfield players that's fortunate enough to get in the side and you're you're meant to be playing further forward than the defensive one, you're expected to score or or make goals. And he hasn't made a lot of goals and he ain't going to score goals. So where does he fit? He has to try and fit for the number four role, you know, for, for a holding midfield player, whether right. he's... You know whether he's strong enough in 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 Marco's eyes or athletic enough. I don't know. He's he's busy enough, you know. And sometimes being busy is in football can be the wrong way because he's charging down to close someone down, but someone else behind him isn't doing the same, and you just get picked off in the Premiership League. Whereas in the Championship, you get away with it a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I I think he deserves his his his, his 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 chance. I hope he gets his chance at the beginning of the season to. To get to to, to uh, secure one of them holding midfield players, but as Gordon alluded to, and we all know, we're being linked with every Tom, Dick, and Harry at the moment, uh, and we will do right through the whole of the summer, you know, before. And as we all know, you know, we will probably bring seven, eight in, and but this right. time round, as we as we discussed earlier, it will be quality rather than quantity over the last sort of two two Premiership um, windows where we've just brought players in for the sake of it. And I think this time round, I'd rather being in, you know, you know, a, a quality player and pay more for him and get longevity out of him and they buy into the philosophy of, of staying at a club for long term and not just there for the short term year and the money side of it. You know, they've got to buy into being a Fulham family club. And, right. you know, some of the players are, some of the, some of the European players and world players are, you know, are doing that now. Whereas, you know, over the last four years, up and down, we've we've seen players come and go, and and not really, and not really bought into the to, to the philosophy. Okay, excellent stuff, Rob. Real quick, because then I want to go to Gordon, and then we'll have one final topic. How much of a loss? You've already talked about Fabio. I'm trying to think. How do they replace him? Because he's been integral to pretty much everything Fulham did. You talked about his relationship with Mitro. How difficult is this going to be? I know we're not looking too forward into the season, but that's how we're going to end the show, actually, when, when we talk about looking forward to next season. So how difficult is this going to be for Marco to find that player? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that'll be a problem. I think okay. there's enough I don't think uh, there's enough number 10s out there that will score goals and make goals. And the players that we've been linked with already, you know, you know, I know he's only a young eighteen-year-old that's sort of took this took this division by storm. But yeah, we're going to buy a probably ready-made player. I think that's going to be ready for the Premiership and probably okay. play twenty, thirty, forty million for. You know what I mean? And which he'll probably be worth in a couple of years' time. But yeah, I, I would have thought we'll we'll pick up a, a caliber of player that's going to justify us trying to have a real go at staying in the Premiership and and linking with people like Mitro and Harry Wilson and. And whoever wide, you know, I mean, the type of players we're going to be linked with. I don't think we'll be, we won't be short on players going forward. Definitely. Okay. Excellent stuff. All right. Just for time's sake, uh, we're just going to go to the final topic. And as we said, this is looking back at the full season, but we are going to just for a couple of minutes look forward. So, Gordon, I'll go to you first. And I just want to get your thoughts. Do you think Fulham have a better chance this time around to stay in the Premier League? Your opinion, and we'll go around to everyone. Yes, without a doubt. I think we we have more quality in the side already uh, than the last time that we went up. Um, and I think uh, uh, th- that's got to go a long way from the manager's point of view. Um, I, I heard just when I came back on the mobile that uh, we're talking about that uh, they've bought into what he wants to do. Uh, they, they're fully supporting what he wants to do. And, it, and it's shown on the pitch that at this level, championship level, we are creating chance after chance after chance. That will um, be less uh, or, or limited uh, chances next year. But if we put them in the right areas, then uh, Mitro has shown this year what a good striker he is, uh, even though people in the past have said he can't do it at Premier League level. He's never played in a team that has been doing well in the Premier League or been 
sort of that near the halfway side of, of, of the Premier League. He's always been in a team that's been fighting relegation. And if he scores 15 goals next season, then he will have had a fantastic season because there, is, there are only maybe six or seven players in the Premier League uh, over the last two seasons that have got over 15 goals in the league. And you, you, those who get get that type of goals, you're talking about Kane, Ronaldo, Son, uh, Vardy. Um, but if you look at the, the numbers this year, there are a hell of a lot of players in the Premier League that are only on 10, 11, 12, 13 goals. So if we can provide Mitrovic with the chances, yep. then I'm sure that uh, he will put them away and he'll also create more chances for uh, other players. So I think we're going to do reasonably well next year, but we are going to be in a, shall I say, a 10-team a, a league. And right. when we went up before, we weren't beating those teams that were in our part of the league. I think we've got more going forward and we'll get more players in that will be good going forward to enable us to compete against those 10 teams and possibly finish one, two, or three in that second league. Okay, excellent stuff. Claire, over to you. I want to get your thoughts. We're, I'm running out of time, so just if you could quickly give me your thoughts. Do you think Fulham have a better chance this time around to stay in the Premier League? Absolutely, yes, 100%. We're going to be fine. We're absolutely going to be um, upper bottom. Or bottom, 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 um, bottom middle. Let's say bottom middle. We're we're gonna end up bottom middle. <laughs> That's a lovely place to be. And uh, no, we're gonna be absolutely fine, and we're going to enjoy the highs and the lows because that's what Fulham is, isn't it? You take the highs and you take the lows, but we appreciate the highs because we don't have them as often in the prem. So we'll enjoy those ones. But yeah, we'll we'll be fine. In okay. Marco, I trust. Okay, and this is why I have you around, Claire. I need your positivity. You, we need your positivity, Claire. Okay, over to you, Rob. I want to get your thoughts again. We're just running out of time, so if you could quickly just share me your yeah. thoughts. Yeah, just just echo what uh, Claire and, and Gordon says, really. I think the backbone of this season side, and, and obviously with the manager at the helm, I think we've got you know more than a, a fighting chance next season with what we'll invest in to 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 put on a really good show, and I, I'm I'm you know I'm quite excited that um, you know we will we will go into it with a lot more optimism than we did the previous uh, two seasons we did uh, over the over the last four years. So the backbone of the side and Marco at the helm, uh, I'm I'm really really confident. Okay, excellent. All right, Gordon. Before I go to Emilio, I'm purposely let Emilio for the last because we know Emilio can be a little negative. So I'm letting him be the last person to give his thoughts on this. Emilio, do you think Fulham have a better chance this time around to stay in the Premier League? I'm putting a lot of pressure on you. Well, you saw the interview I did last week with the with one of the UK newspapers, the daily yes. newspaper. So yeah, I was you know I was very positive then. You know, give us a squad to play. I, I trust in the owners here. Let's be honest. I think the owners have done a good job four years ago, two years ago. They will learn lessons. They've got a They've better improved, manager. I think. You know, I think you know if we get if we get the same squad of experience, even like we had under Parker's Premier League season, Marcus Silva will get the best out of those players, and we will have a we will we will stay up with that squad of players. So, if the owners can get the same level of experience, depth depth is going to be critical next year. This five sub rule that's going to kick in next year, I know it's going to favour the big teams, you know, but from teams like the bottom, you know, the top, the, the, the low division teams in in the Premier League. It's critical to have that depth in there. People that you can bring on to come and make a difference, even for 20, 30 minutes. Even a Cabano may not be yep. good enough to play for 90 minutes, but he can hurt defences, stretch them for 20 minutes and try to make something happen. And that's going to be critical for you know for the depth next year. So overall, I'm positive for next year. You get the right balance of experience, international players and depth, then we will give ourselves the best chance of staying up. Okay. And Emilio, I happen to agree with you. I really haven't shared my thoughts throughout mm. the show, so I'll end by just saying I agree with Emilio and uh, anything Gordon says, I agree with him anyways. So if Gordon <laughs> believes it, then I believe it. I kind of just yeah. echo whatever Gordon says, because Gordon's always right. Gordon was right about this team and Rob too. So I guess you could say great minds think alike, Gordon. So I'm with you. I'm always with you, Gordon. Well, thank you for that. And it's nice that Rob's on the same page uh, yes. at, this mo 
at this moment in time as well. Okay. Okay. Great stuff. Great That's show, cool. guys. I just want to thank everyone for doing this. And uh, listen, it's, it's been a pleasure doing this show with you. And uh, I just want to share this real quick. And then we're going to let this go. This is from our friend, Heather. She just wanted to thank us for a great season of college. Like Heather, thank you so much. And everyone for watching and listening to the show. Emilio, thank you for joining me for all these shows. I really appreciate it. Claire, you're my friend. Thank you so much for whenever you can do the show. It's been great having you on. And, of course, our Fulham legends, Rob and Gordon. Guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight. That's a pleasure, as always. It's great to uh, dilute and discuss our, 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 our great family club. And, you know, I mean, you're just you're just part of many, many thousands of uh, us that just got Fulham at our hearts, you know, both, That's right. both players and supporters now, you know, and Gordon as an ambassador for the club as well. And, Yep. Yeah, just really echo everything that uh, we all try and do to keep the positivity out there. Well, that's great. Yes, that's and could, great. I, and could I th also thank everyone, not only for tonight, but for the season, because, yep. um, and, and I'll say it uh, on air, uh, Russ, that you do a fantastic job. And I know oh, at, some you, point during, at some point during the, the past, you were taking a bit of stick off people uh, for what you are doing. And that's giving a service to what is called the Fulham family. And Claire has echoed that uh, yeah. Fulham family tonight by what, what occurred uh, during the season. And uh, I suppose the only thing that you can say is Fulham is actually a one-off club. And when we all talk about the Fulham family, then we mean that's everybody concerned. So um, all I can say is thank you to everyone concerned. Oh both tonight and uh, at Fulham Football Club for doing a fantastic job for every, yep. everyone concerned. Oh, that's great. That's a great way to end the show, Gordon. Thank you so much for sharing that. And the one thing that I've learned in my Fulham experience is what you've just echoed. It's a family, and there is no other football club like it. I'm sorry. I've uh, watched all different supporters from all different clubs. This is unique. Fulham is unique. We all know that. This isn't bragging. This is fact, not opinion. I'm going to say it. It's it's not even opinion. It's fact to me. We are a unique family club, and I'm lucky to be a part of it. So with that said, thank you guys, but we do have to wrap up this show. For Emilio Dinello, Claire Parrish, Fulham Legends, Rob Wilson, and Gordon Davis, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.